All right, so Mr. Hurst, you teach ethics here at Monta Vista now. True statement. So I, I assume that you're probably familiar with the trolley problem. I swear to God, if this is the question where it's like five people versus one person for death, is yeah, it that? One, yeah, I knew it. So the trolley problem is uh, what this moral dilemma is most officially referred to as. And you, you get the basic idea. There's a fork in the railroad. One person who's maybe related to you is tied down on one way that the train could go, and then uh, five random people are tied to the other way that it could go. There are a million variations of this problem. Um, and it's this moral dilemma, this ethical question. It Do you save your mom or do you save the five people? Well, it depends on the five people, I suppose. They, they are five completely random strangers. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a... That's a no-brainer for me. I don't. I don't really care about many people. I like my mom a lot, though. So. Right. Um, yes, it's a pretty popular question. <laughs> you have the switch to decide which way the train goes. Who do you kill? Well, can I choose myself? Is that like an option? <laughs> <laughs> just... If that was an option, this question would be easy. Um, well, for some people. So it's a very well-studied, very famous moral dilemma. Um, in general. People tend, by, by like 70% or something like that, people tend to say that they're going to kill the one person to save the five people. Mm. Um, what's weird, though, is that it was, I was reading about this, and then, it, and then on the Wikipedia article it says, uh, ethics professors, or professional ethics thinkers, or whatever their exact term was, about 90% of them say that you should kill the one person and and save the five people, which makes me think, so wait, is there a profession or a degree that you can get that makes you more moral so that your your opinion is placed on a different plane from random people? I think the more you think about your own ethical framework, the more you realize how inconsistent it is. And I think the more you think about anything, uh, the more you try to make it consistent. And really, there's no objective reason for why you should... Um, kill five people rather than one. It's it's like we said, what if somebody else's child is on the other side, right? We have this desire for objectivity in our decisions. Like, other people should be able to say, that was the right choice, even if they were the parent of one of the kids in, in the other group of five, right? We want our decisions to be approved of uh, objectively. So I think that's why they, they choose to kill the one. Mm-hmm. Um, another weird statistical quirk that's come out of these studies related to the trolley problem is that there's a variation of the quandary known as like the, the fat man variation or something like that, where you're on top of a cliff, there's no fork in the railroad, it ju it's just going straight, there are five people tied down to the railroad tracks, and you could push an incredibly obese person who is massive enough to stop the train and save the five people. He falls onto the tracks. He or she falls onto the tracks, and uh, th this this person would die, but uh, the five people on the train tracks would live. So you're saving more lives. But now that you have to actually make the specific action of killing the one person, even though you're basically killing the one person in the fork in the road scenario, the majority of people asked this question say that they would not push the fat man over the cliff. Would I push the man, the very fat man, onto the tracks to save all the people? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's hard. I don't. I guess that's an interesting variation of the uh, of the trolley problem.
So what, for you, differentiates it from the traditional trolley problem? Um, I know my mom. I know that she's saved and she's going to heaven. So I would rather save the strangers who I don't know with the, op- the possibility of them coming to salvation, whereas I know my mom's lived a good life and she's saved, and she would want me to do that as well. Uh, whereas this man, I have no idea who he is. I don't know his background. So I'd be in a conundrum. So he would then, still yes, stop the train. Yes, like, it would still, <laughs> still be, stop the, the train. The outcome would still be the same. It's still one Yeah, I feel like I feel like the weight of the weight of the person has no yeah, like. Yeah, obviously that's that's part of that's part of constructing the hypothetical. Right. Words. Yeah. Because yeah, because if you're like yeah, it'll push the fat person. Ugh. Yeah. Like what what no, what, what kind of person so, no, so, so says we that? We have an incredibly dense. Uh, <laughs> A dense with human being. Mass to stop the train. Right. Right. It's still the same. I would I would push them. I would. Unless it was my mom. <laughs> <laughs> then I would not push my mom. <laughs> I, I will not kill my mom. Mm-hmm. What would you do, Frank? See, that's, that is more difficult. And I'm not even sure it's because I think that it's a, it's a moral, it's a different moral dilemma. It's just, do I have, do I have the willpower to push? Because mm-hmm. when pushing, you're manipulating the person. When switching the train tracks, you're manipulating the train tracks on the train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that's where it, the, the fact that you're killing one person hits a little more close to home. Mm-hmm. But I've got to say that, yeah, I'd, I'd push, push the fat man off. Yeah, whenever I hear one of these questions, I always feel this tension of, of how hypothetical I want to take this question. Yeah. Like, how realistic should I be in my response? I know theoretically, okay, yeah, I should push the fat man, but should I consider my own internal... Uh, tendencies and emotions, how far should I go with that? Yeah, my answers to these questions have absolutely nothing to do with what I would do in real life, probably. Yeah. The only reason why they would have, my, why my rational moral thoughts would have any impact on what I actually do in such a high-stress mm-hmm. situation where there's a, this massive chemical soup going on in your brain and throughout your body mm-hmm. is because I've thought about this question so much because it's a famous moral dilemma. Yeah. And I'd probably remember, hey, this situation seems familiar. How odd. I guess I'm supposed to kill this one person. Sorry, man. So just in case, you're standing next to a cliff, and yep. there's a fat man next yep. to you. Well, then you have to gauge how fat, because, of course, of, nobody's yeah. that fat. This is this could be a very dangerous question. <laughs> See, the problem with, that's another problem with, the, uh, with, with doing the real life, uh, because theoretically, the, the basic trolley problem kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. A train could run over five people. It does. And, and you could switch the tracks, um, you would have to gauge how fat is this person and would they stop the train Yeah. In if you were put in a real-life fat man variation scenario, which, I mean, they're not going to stop the train. Yeah, and that comes back to the probabilistic component of these kinds of questions. Um, what do you do when there's uncertainty in the mix? Like you were telling me about the question, if you... Um, knew somebody was a serial killer and they were likely to kill more people, would you, if you had the chance, take them out? Mm -hmm. Because you're preventing possible future murders. What do you think about that, Frank? Um, Now, I am... My official stance is anti-death penalty. Mm. So I would say that I would not kill the serial killer. Mm. Um, I, I believe in rehabilitation, not punishment, comrade. Okay. I feel like we have a justice system, mm-hmm. and we have a justice system for a reason. You know, we shouldn't all just uh, 
uh, try to take justice in our own hands. If you knew somebody was a serial killer, then... Yeah, turn him into the Turn him into the cops. That's the problem with hypothetical questions. Exactly. It's so easy to deconstruct them once you put a specific scenario in there. Yeah. And it's, but it's not fun to ask people questions as some abstraction that looks more like a math problem than an actual situation. But this kind of question might be important when considering something like the death penalty. When they're actually on trial, um, should you, because there's always the chance they could escape from jail or something like that and then kill people and then you might feel responsible for that. Yeah. Um. And I guess that could be an argument for the death penalty. Another problem with the death pe- a problem with the death penalty, though, is uh, if you get the wrong guy, that's a pretty big issue. If you find out twenty years later, yeah, that the person was falsely accused, then you can't undo that the way you can release someone from jail. Yeah, and I I heard I wish I had a statistic on this, but I don't remember. Uh, I heard that that actually happens more often than people would think. Oh, yeah. The the police suck yeah. at solving murders. 80% of murders go unsolved, I think. And of the ones that are quote-unquote solved, there are so many things that could lead to people being falsely accused. Yeah. Okay, so I'm either going to have one person get run over or five people. That's right. Okay. Um, what am I wearing? Um, you are wearing a uh, T-shirt. Okay. And what season is it? Um, it is fall. It's fall. Okay, and who are the people? Who's, uh, who's the one person? Don't I don't know any of them? No. Can I tell by looking at them that some of them may enjoy country music? Um, no. Wow. This is getting much tougher than I anticipated. Okay, so five nondescript people on one track, uh-huh. one nondescript person on the other track. I don't know them at all. Mmm. <sighs> are any of them good-looking women? Uh... uh I, I don't know. But you don't know? Okay. You don't know if they're women or if they're good looking? So, <laughs> they're, just, they're just random strangers. Okay. So, okay, here. Can but I are they random good looking strangers? Um, how about the one on, the, the individual is good looking. Okay, see now you're, okay, now I'm ready to make my decision. I mean, obviously we get rid of the good looking person because that lowers the bar for the rest of us to feel better about ourselves. Alrighty. Yes. Can I ask you some adaptations of that question? Sure. Now that I've got my mojo going, go for it. All right. So. I don't know these people at all. Don't know them at all. I mean, it is my mom. (laughs) So I Uh, guess I would save my mom. What about 10 strangers versus one mom? Oh, okay. (laughs) Um... Well, I really don't want my mom to die, <laughs> um, so I still would choose my mom. Yeah, because some of these strangers are mothers themselves. I know, I know. I've been thinking so if about we that. Five hundred strangers versus just your mom. <laughs> okay. And this is a really powerful train. That we can't all of them. <laughs> you wind them up, so it's like bump, bump, yeah. bump, 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 Okay, yeah, no, I guess I would, I would, oh man, that's so difficult. Um, I'm choosing my mom. I chose my mom. From like five. Okay, so your mom versus five, what about mom versus three? Uh, probably my mom. Okay, you'd kill, you'd kill your mom or save your mom? Sa- save my mom, okay, oh. if it's just mom. three. But I feel like, how old are these strangers? Is uh, it like an array? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's Gaussian distribution. Okay, 
So if there's if there's some people who still have a lot of life to live, and there's some who have had their time, then those people, like they're they're gonna die soon anyway. And my mom my mom has other duties she needs to take care of as of now, um, like me and my siblings, and and the and when it gets to five, there's m- most likely more people who still have a lot of potential to do good in the world, and my mom, like. Like, her duties are important, and she's important to me, but objectively, five outweighs one. And you, you, you know, like, detached from your emotional response, the, the one needs to go over the five. Okay, so let's switch it up. Yes. We've got one complete stranger. Yes. And then on the other side of the tracks, tied down, is your mom and four clones of your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Do they have all the same memories? Yes. So, like... Five. I'm their daughter, all yeah, five. Yeah, versions. we're going to get five different really sad Madison moms. No. <laughs> well, it's still. You're happy. It's still, <laughs> it's still at its core one person, right? Well, that depends. That that gets into the uh, the science yeah. and ethics behind cloning. Well, yeah. <laughs> Which is a different <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Well, hmm. I guess it has to be one person, but then we have an excess of Jacqueline Friedman's. So, like, <laughs> too <Yeah>. many. Jackie Friedman's not going to be solving cancer. Okay. I guess, for yes, yes. Daniel George. Goldsmith. Daniel How Goldsmith. many people is he worth? Yeah, so, oh, so oh. Dan, Dan Goldsmith versus the world. Oh, the world. Right, you, so, okay, right. People die all the time. I'm saving Dan. people Dan Goldsmith. Who do you kill? I'm, I'm saving Dan. People, okay. di- people die all the time. People That's die. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't kill Dan. Okay. We can't kill Dan. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so my, my mom <laughs> is the average middle class housewife. Okay. okay, objectively. Dan Goldsmith, however, has some of the most unprecedented piano talent I've ever had, or I've ever seen. I went, no, I, I, for the record, I do not have Dan Goldsmith's piano talent. Okay. That is Dan Goldsmith's. So but human value is determined by piano talent. Not specifically that, but like, <laughs> but, but yeah, like it, it contributes. My mom is just a normal housewife and she does not have any, I love my mother very much, but she does not have like specific humanitarian skills or (laughs) (laughs) but that it it still stands I would have to pick Dan over my mother because he has so much well actually if it's just Dan and my mom that's (laughs) wait wait no no it's different (laughs) because I don't mean much to Dan but I mean a lot to my mom But yeah, but now I'm troubled. Yeah. 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 Like now I'm troubled. So my mom wants to be a teacher, right? Yeah. So I think the answer for me would be how many people my mom is going to affect teaching. And then once it reaches that's once it reaches past the threshold of like how much she'll affect, she should die for all the people who are going to die. There are a bunch of different variations of this question. Mm-hmm. One of them that we propose is, okay, so we have five people on one side of the tracks. Dan Goldsmith is on the other side of the tracks. We've asked people, we've had people saying that they would kill the other 7.5 billion people 
in the world. Seven point five billion. Yes, to save you. Oh, that's uh, I I wouldn't even take that deal, honestly. <laughs> You'd be telling them to switch it. I I I'd say yeah yeah switch it off. I I've, I've had my fun. <laughs> okay. I I I know I don't know what their justification is, but I think I've done about as much good in this world as <laughs> as, as I'm I'm liable to do in a lifetime. So so. No, there's got to be a, some sort of like, like, uh, you know, unfound genius uh, from from Belarus in in that bunch or something. What about uh, Mr. Tarp? On on one side of the tracks, you have five people on the other side. Well, now see, here's where we get into some interesting territory, right? Because. Mr. Tars is as close to Jesus as any human being possibly could be. So on the one hand, his destiny is secure. Uh, on the other, I think Mr. Tar would want to be sacrificial in that case. So I'm going to do what Mr. Tar would ask me to do and save the other people. The one person is your mom. Which way do you switch the train? Uh, as the train is hitting the cross, I would pull the lever so it goes multi-track drifting and kills both, both sides. Okay, yeah, Ryan, but... I've got a question. Yeah, yeah. One stranger on one side of the tracks, five dogs. Oh, <laughs> dogs, dogs. oh dude. Oh, dude. Oh, yes, you killed so the dogs. You kill the dog? <laughs> yeah, you killed the dogs. Ryan, are you going to kill the dogs? Wait. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Am I going to kill the dogs? Dude, kill the dogs. <laughs> How many people is it? One person, five dogs. Five Jaspers. I want five the... Jaspers. That's what I'm thinking. But it's a person. Sorry, I love my dog. <laughs> I understand. I love my dog. Too. My dog is so much better dog. than most people. Okay, it's. I understand. Same with my dog, but it's not your dog. They are generic dogs. Five generic dogs. Dog then I would probably kill the dogs. So now it's one person on one side of the tracks, five dogs on the other side. Oh, person, obviously. Okay. How about three hundred fifty dogs versus one person? Still person. Okay. 130 person versus one dog? Still person. Okay. Because, are they puppies though? They are puppies. Oh, well in that case, well, no matter what, save the puppies. Okay. One puppy and one person? One person. You'd kill the person to save the puppy. Well, puppies are adorable. Okay, what if it's a baby person versus a baby puppy? <laughs> I'd still be the person. <laughs> I mean, I they're a baby, they're not going to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the puppy will have an attachment to you for some reason because you saved its life. So Frank, you have a, a dog mm -hmm. and a person. Who do you allow to die? The dog. The dog. Okay. So now you have two dogs, one person. Who dies? The person. Okay. Explain. Explain your opinion. Because we have. Because. If we're laying one, if we're uh, if we're weighing one life against one life, I can see why the the species that you are also of you share because right you're in you're in that tribe and it, at a certain point when we're talking about the entire human race, it makes sense to give preferential treatment to the person over the dog. But when we have an unequal amount of lives, when we have two dog lives versus one human life, uh, I think that. The the uh, the edge that being the same species as me that the person has that puts them over the one dog is not enough of an edge to put them over two dogs. All right. So what if those two people are your two sisters? So we wait. So now what do we have? We have two people. Two? Oh, sorry. No, there's two dogs, one person. Two right? dogs, one person. Okay. So your sister and two dogs. See, now we have an even greater tribe factor. 
Okay. Now it's not just another member of my species, it's a member of my direct family. And so that's a little bit difficult. And I guess I'll kill the dogs. You got me. Okay. I'm okay. not that hardcore of an animal rights so, activist. Frank, I my I suspect that okay. your fondness of the dogs is more principle than practice. So I wanna make this more concrete. Here's the thing. I don't I honestly think it might be backwards. I think really? that I because I so much of the way that humans connect with dogs is because they're cute, is because they bring us a little bit of joy when we yeah. see them. And so that would probably influence your emotional, irrational decision-making yeah. more than your rational decision-making. But oh, I think, though, that you're abstractifying what a life is, and that's how you're basing your decision. But if you were to look in the eyes of a person who was very self-aware, understood that their life was about to end, and you looked into the eyes of a dog, which, I mean, we don't really know a dog's experience, but most likely this dog is not going to feel regrets after their death. They're, they don't feel any anxiety about the concept of dying. Uh, they don't register that, say you have a gun in your hand, what that even means. So that's why, so I remember talking about this with someone else a while ago, completely unrelated to us having this idea for the podcast. Um, and we reasoned that it's more difficult to kill the dog, or and we were talking about a cat in that in that case, because you can't, you don't have that level of a communication with them. Whereas mm -hmm. if it's a person and they know that you've been forced by the mafia or whatever to kill them or the dog, they sort of get it and they're like, oh, even if you just have to kill them, you can connect more with them in a way. Whereas you feel more guilt when you know that the dog is less aware. You know that the dog, it feels like it has less control of, of what's going on. Okay, Frank, personally, if I was the one that you were deciding between uh -huh. me or two dogs, and you were pointing your gun at me. I would be so mad at you, Frank. I would be yelling at you. Okay, if this debate... Let's get this debate real, okay, Frank? So then, so that you begs the question. You better kill the dogs. Okay. Well, okay, but, but ch check this out, right? We've got... We have uh, this slight... This scale of human... Of uh, human relatability to me. So you're not a stranger. You asked me about, well, what if it's my sister and the dogs, and I said I'd kill the dogs. Uh -huh. So you're closer to a sister than a stranger yeah. to me, so I'd probably kill the dogs, especially since you'd be yelling at me about it. Like some, some <laughs> obtuse animal lover uh, like me or something, if they were the one who I was considering shooting instead of the dogs, they might be uh, encouraging me to save the dogs. So if we, if we uh, put the influence of the other person directly talking to me into the situation, that also muddies the hypothetical. Okay, Frank, over the summer, you worked a lot, yeah. right? So let's introduce some more concrete effort and personal pain and sacrifice into this problem. So now say um, if you did not pay someone a ransom of uh, all the money you have, which is how much, Frank? Uh, I don't know exactly. Okay. But, like, I think it just cracked, like, a thousand in my bank account. Okay. So, all the, over a thousand dollars, would you pay that ransom for a random stranger's life? Um, I'm supposed to, aren't I? I'd say, yeah. I would, and, and I think in this scenario, it's a little bit more of I have the time to process it. It's not measuring my where my emotional empathies lie, it's more measuring what 
conscious decision I would make. Yeah. And so in that case, I would save the person. Okay. I can do without the money. So what about a dog? Would you pay one th- over $1,000 for just a, a little dog? See, now I'm, now I'm being disrespectful to the hypothetical question by thinking, are there ways where I could spend 1000 bucks to save more than one dog? Like yeah. by donating it to an animal shelter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, that's, but let's just pretend that that doesn't exist. The only way to save dogs is that it's, it's one grand per dog life saved. Yeah. I mean, I'd save my dog. Really? I'd save Demo, for sure. Okay, um, but, but if we're talking about a dog, random human, yeah. we have to also be talking about a yeah, random dog. Yeah, we also dog. talk about a random dog. I'll tell you right now, Frank, I would not save a dog for a hundred bucks. Unless... I'd say I'd save a dog for a hundred. I'm not sure about a thousand. I'm gonna say probably not for a thousand. I'd do it for a hundred. Now, if somebody was gonna be really upset at me because it was their dog yeah. and wants me to to pay them back, or if that was gonna emotionally injure a person, then okay, maybe I'll pay a little bit more than a hundred dollars. But if it's just some oh okay, yeah, stray it's a, dog, it's a stray dog, stray dog. Come on, I would I would not pay fifty dollars to, to to save a stray $1. dog. One dollar. One okay, maybe <laughs> just to ease my conscience. But then the then the problem is that now that the foot's in the door, they're gonna tell you, hey, for another dollar you can save another dog. And there are many thousands of dogs whose lives are at risk at any given time. Frank, you know people capture stray dogs and put them down. Yeah, and we pay those. Yeah, people. that's pretty messed up. I think we should stop doing that. As a matter of fact. Okay. So Frank, you you're you're avoiding the question. Okay. Would you do it? You for have a thousand? to tell me yes or no. For a thousand. For a thousand? Uh, probably not. Okay. I'm gonna say yes on a hundred, no on a thousand. And if you wanna, if you wanna keep on grilling me to get the exact number two where the line is drawn, dogs. go ahead. I wanna know just two dogs. <laughs> two dogs. A thousand dollars. So that's five hundred. So that's yeah, five hundred per dog. Per dog. Five hundred per dog. <laughs> um, that's tough because I'm racking my brain for something that's more humanitarian to do with five hundred dollars. Is that really how you spend your money, though, Frank? No. No. Okay. No, but now that I'm but now that I'm presented uh-huh. with this decision to make, that's what enters my brain. Yeah. Think about the England trip, Frank. How yeah. much was that? That was uh, four thousand. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. Not um, humanitarian. I know. How many dogs would you kill to go okay. on the England? Trip? None. None. Because th- then now I'm killing. Now I'm not killing a dog by neglect. I'm killing a dog. Okay. Is there really a difference? Um. Yes. If if, if I'm because by that if we take that concept to its extreme by not donating all of our money to animal shelters at any given opportunity we are killing animals by neglect. That's exactly what we're doing, Frank. And most people are okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I yeah. recognize that I'm killing dogs by opportunity. Yeah. Right? And I'm, I honestly don't think... But we're also killing people by opportunity. We, well, not we as could, directly or as certainly, but... People, a lot of people die because they don't true. have clean water. I think we can... We if, we, if we say that we're killing dogs right now, we're also killing people. You're right. So if we were truly moral people, we should... Uh, find a way to get filthy rich and that that means not donating that much in the intermediate times yeah build a mass enough money to where we can ultimately save more people yes if people are really always more valuable than money that should be our life objective so i think what we're learning is that 
We don't even care about people that much. Uh, you can switch it however way you want. Uh, which side do you turn the train to? Where's it already going? See, we haven't, we haven't done this version of it where the train's already... We've, uh, we're assuming that the train has an indeterminate... Interesting. State. You don't actually know which direction the lever corresponds to the train's movement. Yeah, so you, so you have to Interesting. Like work it out. We, yeah, so the traditional version of the problem is that it's headed for the five people, so you have to turn it to kill the one uh, person. Right, right. Uh, but in this, I don't know where the train's going, and I don't know what the lever does. Well, you can ascertain what the lever does. So, somehow, look, the, the, the hypothetical scenarios like this are never watertight. You don't know where the train's going, but you can decide where it's going. Okay, I don't know where the train's going, but I can decide where it's going. Uh, well, uh, I don't touch the lever. I don't know where the train's going. Ah, uh, leave it up to chance. Okay. Or providence. Okay. So, oh. <laughs> so, Wait, uh, Mr. Hertz, do you believe in free will? Uh, depends on what you mean by that. I believe that we have a bounded will, but we have free choice within the bounded will. Okay, so do you believe your choice of, of turning that lever is, is free? That, that God gave you that choice independent from his will? Independent from his will? No. Yes, no. Okay, so uh, whichever way you turn it mm -hmm. is also God's will? Uh... In one sense, yes, but there's three different ways which we speak of God's will taking place. So, in one sense, yes, and in another sense, no. Okay. I guess what I'm saying is, if you decide not to turn the lever, mm -hmm. that is would be a free choice, Yes, right? it would. Mm -hmm. um, so, just saying, okay, well, let God's will be done... Well, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, I'm saying that in a situation... Uh, Essentially, I'm going to be responsible for a death of any sort. Oh. I'd rather be a passive actor in that than actively okay. uh, be the person who makes the decision that ends somebody's life. In a sense, if you wanted to take like a modern-day trolley problem that's like something in like real world, uh, you could go like um, as an evangelical Christian uh, during the 2016 election, I had a difficult time choosing between either candidate. So I actually did not vote for president, voted for everything else in the 2016 election. Uh, part of that was I didn't feel like I had a good choice. So if somebody who's not going to be uh, somebody who I would agree with politically would come into power, I would prefer that to be under my passive action rather than my active action. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So if the lever was turned towards the five people, would you turn it away? Uh, so if I knew that, do I act then? Uh, assuming split second, oh, assuming split second decisions. Uh, yes, my mom has lived a full and faithful life, and she will be in heaven. Outside of completely unsubstantiated urban legends, there has uh, never been an actual trolley problem scenario play out in real life. Really. However, it is a serious concern for a lot of lawmakers now that autonomous vehicles are becoming more and more of a reality, especially for trains or public transportation and stuff like that. So the question is, what policy do you implement for, uh, for a programmed train? This is uh, very practical in programming autonomous cars. I, I read about how... Um, if, if there's, say, a pedestrian crossing the road and 
the autonomous car is probably going to hit them unless they veer off the road. Mm-hmm. Then you have the dilemma, should I protect the passenger or should it protect the the um, person walking across the road? Yeah, so basically a one-to-one yeah. moral dilemma. If you've got one person with some attribute mm-hmm. and then another person with another attribute on either side of the train tracks or you've got passenger and... Yeah, or what if you have multiple passengers? Yeah. Do you veer off the road or do you just hit the person? That's a good question. Here's the thing. Um, people buy an autonomous car or they, they pay for a trip in an autonomous car thinking that they're safe. Yeah. Right? People don't want to think, okay, uh, people don't want to know that, that they will be sacrificed yeah. if, if they have to be sacrificed. Right? But at the same time, let's consider a scenario where we have a human driver with multiple passengers yeah. and they could either veer off the road and risk killing all of the passengers uh-huh. or hit one jaywalker. Yeah. They're probably going... The instinct of the driver, I would think, is to save the jaywalker. Yeah, Right? They, they don't think, well, there are more people in this car, so too bad, buddy. Yeah, of course. And because there's also the uncertainty factor. So if you just nail someone, <laughs> that's, that's... Imagine being that much of a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're that committed of a moralist. But if you just veer off the road, a lot of things could happen. You know, you could just... You slide into a ditch and just kind of keep rolling and damage your car, right? And yeah. it's no, it's not a big deal. I definitely would veer off the road. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a relevant issue, though. Mm-hmm. Because what if a car can calculate? Like, let's yeah. let's make this an, a hypothetical scenario. Four people in the car will die if it veers off the road. Yeah. Or one person will die if it just keeps going. Yeah. And too bad for the person. And the thing is, uh, the car is not going to be able to easily justify itself. Uh, the headlines will read, yeah. Autonomous Vehicle Nails a Jaywalker <laughs> oh, the in the CCTV Road. CCTV footage, like the Highway Patrol <laughs> yeah. camera footage of it, is just going to be disturbing. Yeah, and, and you could argue things later, but the truth is, people died. Imagine the survivor's guilt of being one of those passengers, especially the one who bought the car. Yeah, and... It just seems like it's more justified. If it veers off the road, it's like, wow, the autonomous car tried to save someone, right? And it's just not as obvious. Yeah, so now imagine you buy an autonomous car, and you have to pro... And it it boots up, and it has all this (laughs) computerized, and it's like... Please select your like your please connect your phone with Bluetooth to the car, and then you connect your phone to Bluetooth, and then it's like, in the event of a moral dilemma in which you will be killed or a jaywalker will be killed, please select what happens. Like, does yeah. the passenger, does the owner of the car decide what the car's policy yeah, is? Yeah, I feel like that should be how it is. Yeah, that would that would be. <laughs> how be, many people yeah. are you willing to kill to save your own life? Yeah, it's like you have selected. Take priority for two passengers or more in the car. But if there's only one passenger, save the person outside of the car. You would be sitting there for a long time, really. Yeah, but if your child is in the car, yeah. then always take priority <laughs> Yeah, well, so what if it's you and your mom in the car or versus you and a, uh, versus you and a hitchhiker in the car? Yeah, maybe you should just, every time you get in the car... You, so, you hit a button. Select uh, preserve passengers. You would or, be sitting there for so long, you'd yeah. have to get in the car at like 30 minutes before <laughs> you really needed to be in the car to drive because you'd have to think, okay, so he's my good friend. 
Yeah. He kind of screwed me over that one time. <laughs> and, and imagine, you have to, like, look at the other people in the car, and they're just watching <laughs> like, you. <laughs> okay, so, guys, um, once we get there, so I ordered, yeah, pepper, so I ordered a half pepperoni, half Hawaiian, and then one cheese, and then, oh, I need to set the, uh, I need to set the who to kill settings on the autonomous car. <laughs> yeah. Daniel Goldsmith. On the other end. And multi-track drifting is still not an option. Still not an option. Okay. Uh, well, I would, hmm. And there are no puppies in this equation. No puppies. 